Hello, everybody. I'm David Sparks, and joined by my fellow co-host, Rosemary Orchard. Hi, Rose. How are you today? Oh, David, I'm good. I, I might have splurged a little bit in recent times, so uh, we've got some fun things to talk about. Oh, you made some COVID purchases. Well, let's just say the end of the tax year here in the UK uh, had me going, well, my limited company didn't spend much money at all last year. And my accountants, they're going, if there's anything you want to buy for your business, now would be a good time to do so. Um, so I kind of have an extra large stream deck sitting on my desk. It probably looks like yours. Yes, I, I'm glad you supersized your stream deck. The, uh, that's actually the, the goal for today's show. We keep dancing around the topic of stream deck, but it seems like the stream deck just continues to grow in popularity. Um, there's a bunch of posts about it in the automators forums, as well as the Mac power users forums. Um, the, just, it just seems like the thing is taking off and we thought this would be a good show to take on the stream deck. We're going to talk about what it is, why you might want one, what you can do with it, and what we're doing with them. And Rose and I are both heavily invested in Stream Deck. So I think this will be a fun one. A lot of automators repercussions. Yes, yes. Um, and I should note before we dive into this, for anybody who doesn't have a Stream Deck and has taken a look and thinks, oh, I'm, I'm not sure this is going to be worth it for me, there is a mobile app that you can download and use on your iPhone, which has the same number of buttons as the medium-sized Stream Deck. It's free for the first month, and that's $1.99 after that. Um, and so that's a great way of trying the Stream Deck without buying the hardware up front, just to see whether or not you know the actual application of this is worth it for you. Because you may find that you can solve the same problems with keyboard maestro palettes or things like that. But I found for me that the Stream Deck is much better than having this little icon floating on my on my actual computer screen because it's out of the way, but it's still visible. Um, but you, you have to figure out the solution that works for you. So the, the mobile application is definitely worth a try if you haven't already. Yeah. And the Stream Deck is, is from Elgato. And like Rose said, there's a software you can buy it or, or rent it. I guess it's a subscription app that puts the Stream Deck on a phone or an iPad, but probably more useful and more economical over time because the app subscription is not cheap. Uh, is just to buy their physical hardware. And it's a little hunk of plastic with a series of buttons on it. And there's, we'll talk about that in a minute, how many buttons you get. But it also has a little screen behind it, and it's addressable per button. So not mm -hmm. only can you have programmable buttons, you can have the background of those buttons change based on context, which, you know, it's a, um, it's a very useful device in that you don't have to remember what button does what because the little the little video behind it will tell you what it is for. Yes, yeah. And I really do like that, that it's an individual LCD behind each button, which means that you can put any image on there you want. Now, these are quite small things. They're, you know, a little bit bigger, I would say, than the size of an app icon on your home, on your phone home screen yeah. um, or iPad home screen. But, you know, those change and you can, you know, if you want to put custom icons in there, I've done that. Um, and we had Stephen Millard on the show a while ago and talked to him about his uh, his shortcuts actions for generating icons. And I have a whole series of those. Um, and uh, by the time the show goes live, um, there's a little GitHub repo um, that I've set up with some of my icons in that anybody else, of course, is welcome to contribute to um, where, you know, you can just download icons if you're looking for something in particular um, so that you can, you know, just see what kind of icons you might have. I've personally found black backgrounds or PNGs of just the icons tend to work really well for me, David. But I know you've gone gray, I think, with yours, you were saying. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I just ran all of the SF symbols on a gray background and I have a folder yep. full of them. And, and Rose and I, and some other friends have had a shared Dropbox folder for several months now where we've been collecting these. And every time any one of us makes another one, we just stick it in kind of the community folder. And the idea with the GitHub repos to bring the listeners in so you can go and download them and you can also make contributions if you have graphics and, Honestly, the bigger, the more people in the tent, the better, because it's a pain in the neck to put these together. So if everybody throws a few in there, we're going to have a really nice collection uh, when we're done. And so we're kind of putting, getting way ahead of ourselves because we'll talk about customizing scripts and buttons later in the show. Just, Just to start out with, there's three different Elgato stream decks available. The first one has and it's it's ranked by the number of buttons on it. The first one has six on it, six buttons. The next level up is three rows of five for fifteen buttons, and then after that, there's one with uh, four rows of eight for thirty-two buttons. And the price ranges for the six-button one; it's eighty bucks for the fifteen-one button one. At least in U.S. Amazon, it's one hundred and fifty dollars. And the thirty-two button one is currently unavailable i think it was a little over 200 dollars. yeah so i got mine on amazon a little while ago for 210 pounds they they were unavailable on amazon uk for a very long time and then they popped up at 230 pounds um and then amazon had a sale um right as my accountant sent me an email that said you know if there's anything you would like to purchase do so now um and i i got the email from camel 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 to tell me that the price had dropped pretty much right after that email and went Okay, well, I guess I'm buying a larger stream deck then. <laughs> yeah, so I bought mine about a year and a half ago, and I probably paid, paid full price for it, and I just bought the big one. It was uh, in relation to the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide release. I wanted to um, I wanted to include content in the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide because, as we'll talk about in the show, this is a great tool to trigger Keyboard Maestro scripts. And I bought it thinking well, I'm going to try this, and if I like it, I'll keep it. But unless it's really useful to me, I'll end up just returning it to Amazon. Um, the uh, As Rose said at the top of the show, for the keyboard maestro element of this, it's just a substitute for a keyboard shortcut or any of the other many triggers you can use with keyboard maestro. So I got to think, why would I want that? My hand's are already on the keyboard. To push a button, I've got to take my hands off the keyboard, even if it is got a clever screen behind it. But... There's something about the stream deck that is just, it just finds a way to be useful. I don't know how else to put it. And we're going to go into the many ways we're using them as we get through the show today. But I quickly realized that this would not be something I'd be sending back. And and I'm glad I bought the one with the most buttons because I am just constantly adding things to it. Some of my, my pains because you can use multiple screens it's not just 32 buttons you can have it display different buttons by which app you're on or which context you're in so um i've got some that i'm not using all 32 buttons on and i've got others that i am and mm-hmm. either way it just have more buttons is better and if you look at the footprint on the desk the different in in the then to me that was kind of the big thing is like how much space will this take on my desk because i really don't like a lot of stuff on my desk but the difference between the six button one and the 32 button one really isn't that much when you consider, you know, once you get it on your desk, you might as well get the slightly bigger footprint and get more buttons. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and there are a few other differences that I feel we should mention. The six and the 32 button ones have um, molded risers so that you can either have it flat on the desk, at least with the 32 button, or you can put it in kind of a magnetic riser. And the 32 button one is the only one you can replace the cable on. So if you happen to have a very cute golden doodle who likes cables uh, like David does, then you may discover that the 32-button one is the better one for you because if a certain somebody uh, gets very excited and chews all the way through your Stream Deck cable, then you're going to need uh, to replace it or replace the Stream Deck. And uh, So if you've got a replaceable cable, of course, that's easier. And the 32-button ships with a nice braided cable as well, um, which I, I really like on that. Yeah, I, you know, it's my dog has never chewed a cable and then, but she always sleeps under my desk while I'm working through the day. And I was re, you know, as you do, I was resorting cables and I had the stream deck cable just hanging off the back of the desk with the, the USB plug in down towards the floor. And I didn't think anything about it. And I got all my cables, you know, figured out and I pulled up the stream deck one to replug it in. And the, the um the USB plug was hanging on literally by the thread of the braided cable. You know, there was <laughs> it's like I put it down there in one condition that came up in another. And I, I don't know why she she's never done it since and she never did it before. But I guess maybe they dip the stream deck cables in kibble before they send it out. I don't know. Definitely. That's what they're doing. Yeah, but the uh but anyway, so she chewed it up and my first thought was well, that cost me $200, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, because if you look at the stream deck, it looks like the cables plug in and I've had it so long. I don't remember how I plugged it in. And then I, I pulled it apart and sure enough, it's a, it's a USB-C connection at the top and, um, yeah. and a, uh, and a, a USB-A connection at the other end. And I was able to just replace the cable. So that was great. Yeah. Which is perfect. I should also mention, at least for people uh, in the UK, uh, Curry's PC World uh, usually has Stream Decks in stock. And for people in the US, uh, Best Buy and Target are the two places um, that I've seen people in the Relay FM Discord uh, discussing that they've recently bought uh, their Stream Decks at. Um, so um, if you can't find it on Amazon um, or, you know, the shipping's going to take a while, then it's worth having a look in some other places. Elgato on their website do link to uh, local retailers. So check out, you know, whoever's local, where you're living. Um, but there, there's certainly some other options there as well, which, uh, of course, makes it a bit easier. Well, I, I totally understand uh, you being skeptical as you listen to the same. Why do I need to spend, you know, a hundred or more dollars for something that's just going to give me buttons that I already have on my keyboard. But I would ask you to just stick with us through the show today, because as you get through it, um, there really is a benefit to this stuff. So much so that Rose, who I think you bought the 15-button version first? Yeah, I started with the medium, because the medium had an adjustable stand. Um, and I thought that was quite good. And I thought, you know, with the different profiles and the folders, I can make it work with the 15. And I did make it work for a very, very long time. Um, but then, you know, I had the opportunity, and I'm very glad to have upgraded David, I have to say. Yeah, so you you went up to the 32. Yep. Yep, that's the only way from uh, the 15-inch one. I could have gone down to a six-button one, but then we probably wouldn't be recording this episode right yeah. now if we'd done that. You might have disowned me entirely. Um, but uh, no, I upgraded to uh, the 32-button one. Um, and that's because, you know, over the last couple of years, my Stream Deck usage has increased significantly um, and in many ways, I should say. Um, so it's not just, you know, that I've 
found more use cases for it. It's also, you know, I've started doing iOS today on a weekly basis with Micah Sargent on the Twit Network. And as part of that, we do a video version. Um, and we record that at the same time as the audio version. I'm showing my iPhone or my iPad on the screen. And I'm doing that through Zoom. But I can't just, you know, throw up my iPad with that because then you don't see me as well. It just doesn't work quite as nicely. So we're using Ecamm Live. And Ecamm Live is a great piece of software and it ships with a Stream Deck um, like plugin. So you've got all of, and it creates one a button for each of your scenes or so that you can drag them in or it's got a set scene button. And so I can say, okay, I want me with my iPhone um, to, to the right of me or I want my iPad with me with a little round floating head in the corner. Um, or I want my my iPhone full screen with me as a little round floating head because then if I rotate my iPhone, like if I'm showing off an Apple Arcade game or something, which is better in landscape, um, then, you know, I, I can do that too. And it's it's really useful for things like that. But also just so many more apps have been adding support and people have been creating third-party plugins for these as well. Uh, I'm just getting more and more excited every couple of days, um, it seems, because there's just something else that I see somebody post about or I see a, an announcement on where, oh, and by the way, you know, now you can do this via URL scheme, which means you can run it via the Stream Deck or you can, you know, um, or this has got Stream Deck plugins now or this Stream Deck plugin exists, um, which is great. Well, that camera setup the scripts you were talking about uh, it's like a piece of hardware out there like black magic makes the hdmi switchers where they do fades between cameras and mm -hmm. whatnot and you can kind of do that on a stream deck not you know it's not as fancy as what you can do with the black magic stuff but it's a lot cheaper you know to to set it up and uh switching between cameras and managing zoom calls is one of the best uses in my opinion yeah, yeah. And that was something that came out recently. Somebody's brought out a Zoom plugin for the Stream Deck with a whole series of Zoom buttons, um, which, of course, is incredibly useful. But there's, you know, other plugins like running Apple scripts or Zapier integrations, all sorts of things, which just, you know, makes makes it easier to just say, yes, OK, now I can just do this without thinking about it. So one of the concerns you may have if you're thinking about a Stream Deck is third party software. I know that the whole idea of like getting a keyboard or a mouse or something like a stream deck comes with the, you know, it's fraught with peril for Mac users to think about, am I going to run some vendor software for their hardware on my Mac and subject myself to whatever madness comes with that software? What are your thoughts on the stream deck software? Well, I mean, the stream deck software is a unique animal. Let's start with that. It is not my favorite piece of software in the world to use. It has a couple of pet peeves, which we'll, we'll come back to at the end. But overall, it, it works well. Um, you know, developers can create uh, action sets. I call them plugins um, that you can install. Um, and they can even install an, an entire profile for you. So, for example, Ecamm Live, as I said before, that also has a button um, to install a whole profile, which it will just set up a brand new profile for you with everything on. Um, so you can, you know, just go ahead and look at that and go, okay, so there's a bunch of run scene buttons. There's some solo ad lefts and ad rights. There's previous scene, next scene, this camera, that camera, play pause, sharing my screen, showing and hiding picture in picture, muting, things like that. Um, and that's great um, because, you know, it makes it easier. But there's a lot of, um, you know, developers out there who've made the point of going and adding things. So there's a keynote plugin 
there's a Visual Studio Code plugin. There's a NanoLeaf plugin and a Philips Hue plugin. So if you want to control your 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 uh, Hue lights or your NanoLeaf light panels, you can do that. But also people like TJ Luoma through things like Keyboard Maestro have, has gone ahead and created plugins. Now, I like the fact that in the keyboard, uh, that in the Stream Deck software, you can copy and paste actions and move things around because I have some actions, which we'll get to in a bit, which are the same on every profile to allow me to go back to my 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 home base, basically. And, um, you know, and that is great. Um, but, I mean, I think that the Stream Deck software could be better. I would actually quite like it to live in my dock um, or to be able to appear in my dock at times because I've, I frequently want to just be able to click on it and find it instead of having to reopen it through Alfred. Um, and I would also like multiple windows um, so that I could see two profiles at the same time. But, you know, I'm good with it. What do you think, David? Uh, I, I think it's okay. Um, the Stream Deck is not just a Mac piece of hardware it runs on windows too and so they've got software for both platforms and it feels to me almost like a windows app running on the mac they you know just doesn't have kind of the the friendliness or the the ui love that a typical mac app would have but on the positive side it's easy to figure out when you when you load it up it has a picture of your stream deck and the buttons on the screen match the buttons that are actually on your stream deck. And as you add buttons in the app, they show up on your stream deck. You don't have to like push a sync button or do anything dumb like that, where I could see a third party hardware developer making you do, you know, jump through hoops like that. This software is largely automated as you update it. Um, they, the developers seem to be actively involved. There was a period of time and the Big Sur beta where they just stopped working, the, the Stream Deck stopped working with the um, with the Mac. And that's when I realized exactly how much I've come to rely on it because for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks I didn't have a Stream Deck. I actually just unplugged it because it wasn't working. And the developers were active in the forums about what they were doing and they were getting it fixed. And they got it working well before the um, Big Sur became out of beta, which for a lot of third-party hardware developers, they don't even start looking at, at their hardware until after Big Sur ships, you know, for for a lot of the third party stuff, they'll say, "Well, we'll wait until Apple's done, and then we'll we'll fix it." Well, these guys were fixing it beforehand, so that was really encouraging to me to see them being active like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's not discoverable for some of the best features. Like we talk, we're going to talk today about how we use multiple setups or profiles of Stream Deck. And you have that's not an easily discoverable feature the way it's it's set up, but we'll get into it. Uh, but the bottom line is it's okay. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be afraid to install it on my Mac. I think it's you're fine. Yeah, um, I will take a moment to say um, so. In the Stream Deck software, at the top of in the top left, you've got the name of your Stream Deck, um, and that's where you set up mobile devices. Underneath that, you've got profiles, and if you go to Edit Profiles, then in that preferences pane that appears at the bottom right there's a little arrow and then there's a button that says backup all and that's where you can create a backup and restore your profiles from backup now i have never had my profiles disappear and when i say never i mean never ever but i i attribute some of this to the fact that at least once a week i'm in there clicking create backup for all um because you know this way if anything goes wrong you know i've got that backup um, which is, you know, always nice to have. And it does mean that if I plug my my Stream Deck in on um, my, my MacBook Air, which I've done before, um, you know, if I'm not 
using my Mac mini for whatever reason, um, then I can restore the profiles onto that device so that I've got whatever the latest state is because your profiles um, don't sync between your Macs um, and they're not stored on the Stream Deck. You know, your, your Stream Deck setup lives on your Mac. Um, so if you want to share it between people or devices, then you need to export profiles and import profiles or just back up everything and then restore everything from backup. Yeah, but I will... Um again, reiterate, back up your profiles. I actually am a victim of data loss in this app. And it's my fault because when I was in the Big Sur beta and the Stream Deck stopped working, but before anybody had written about the fact that it stopped working, I thought it was me at first. And I started doing crazy things to try to get it to work. And in the process, managed to nuke my profiles. So that was no fun. Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely, definitely check that. And also just dig around in the preferences pane of the Stream Deck app in general. I found it's quite, it's pretty good to have it at full brightness, but you can also have a, uh, a button or an action set the brightness of your Stream Deck, which I know uh, some people are using, myself included, um, at the end of your day so that, you know, your, your Stream Deck, you know, dims and, you know, puts your computer to sleep. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it's kind of fun because you can have it display an image in the, in the stream deck using all the buttons when you're not when your computer is inactive i have like the the rebel symbol from star wars that shows up on it <laughs> and um that's kind of cool but you you don't want that blasting at 100% brightness through the night so have fun with that this episode of the automators is brought to you by privacy for smarter online payments get $5 to spend on your first purchase when you sign up at privacy.com slash automators. Recently, a buddy of mine sent me a link to one of those Indiana Jones bags, you know, the bag he carries through those movies. And I thought it would be fun to have one of those, like when I'm going to Disneyland or whatever. So I went online and clicked this link and the website looked like it was designed in 1980. It was horrible. And I was honestly afraid to put my credit card into their system. So I didn't buy it. That's the kind of problem that you can solve with this sponsor, privacy.com. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure by generating virtual numbers. Privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. It seems like every day we read about another online store getting hacked and losing customer information and credit cards. I feel like every time that I have to pull out my credit card and type it into a website that I'm taking a huge risk and who knows what kind of security they're going to have on that other side. With privacy, you can make one-time numbers that only get used once with that store. So if they get hacked, you don't have to worry about it getting used elsewhere. Whether it's for personal or business use, one-time or subscription, with privacy, you can decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. You can even close a card anytime you want. Privacy lets you take back control of your payments. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And Privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com automators and sign up for an account. 
new customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Once again, that's privacy.com slash automators and sign up now. All those crooks out there are using sophisticated tools to try and get your money. You need sophisticated tools to protect it. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of the Automators podcast and all of Relay FM. So we've been talking around the Stream Deck, but let's talk through the process of making a programmable button in the Stream Deck. And the uh, it starts in the Stream Deck software on your Mac or PC, and all you do is you click on a button on the virtual Stream Deck on your screen. And on the right side of the screen, you've got a scrolling menu of various tools that you can drag onto that button. And that's how you start. You you take take a, a a tool from the right side and you drag it onto the button on the screen on the left side. And uh, in a minute, we're going to go through uh, the the variety of tools available to you. But just to use a simple one, um, one of them is open a web page, right? And I uh, just mm-hmm. just recently I am um, uh, I've been experimenting with Hey a lot, and the website for my email that I do in Hey is app.hey.com. It's the same for everybody that subscribes to Hey. And so I just drug over the website button and then I put that URL in. And then um, once you put the URL in, you've created the button. But the the default icon is something that's very generic. So uh, what you do then is on the same button, you can right click on it and you can set the the image for the background of the button. There's a couple things you can do there. One of them is you can create a button, which is a bad idea. Don't click that button because it takes you to their website where they've got this terrible web-based graphics program to build buttons. Hmm. I I I got I went there once and realized that that was just not a good idea. Or you can just take a JPEG or a PNG that you have and and put it in there. In the case of Hey, I just did a Google image search for a Hey icon. And I found a nice PNG of the icon of, of Hey, and I put that on my desktop and I set that to the button in the Stream Deck app. And then I copied the artwork to our shared uh, Stream Deck um, artwork folder and I'm good. So now if I look at my Stream Deck, I've got the Hey icon there. If I tap that, then it opens up in Safari the Hey website. But just to go a step further, I thought, well, they also have a thing on Hey called Set Aside, which is where I put important email I want to clear out at the end of the day. And the same thing, mm-hmm. there's a URL for that. So I went in the Stream Deck software, I hit Command-C, and then I clicked on the button right next to it in the virtual Stream Deck on my screen and hit Command-V to paste it. And all I did was change the URL from the URL for the basic Hey app to the basic to the URL for the set aside deck. And in addition to putting artwork, you can also write some words on the button. And I wrote set aside mm-hmm. on that one. So the one without set aside is just Hey. And then the one that does say set aside is set aside. And so now I can quickly get to those email things by just pressing a button on my stream deck. And that. As as much as you can do on an audio podcast, that's all there is to really setting buttons. Yeah, um, and I have to say, you know, so there's a there's a website button um, or a website action, um, which is I'm guessing what you're using here, David. But there's also just a straight up open action, yeah. which can open apps and files. And between those two, you can go so far 
in in Stream Deck because you can open any website and any URL. Um, and there's even a button that you can tick in the website action, which says get request in background. So say, for example, you just need to uh, to ping a URL somewhere, uh, for example, uh, on your a push cut URL so that it sends a thing to your device. You could do that in the background. Now, this doesn't work for things like Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Those you need to open the URL so it opens in your browser and you actually see it. But that's great. And, and the title as well. I actually have a title on most buttons just so that when I look at it, I can, in the Stream Deck app, I can see it. But I've clicked on the T next to the title uh, box box and I've just unchecked show title because, you know, 99% of the time I don't need to know exactly what that button is. It's just if I'm going through and editing, um, you know, my my buttons in the Stream Deck app, then I, I like to have the title there. I guess I'm a completionist in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, I mean, the website and the files are, are very simple ones, but some that anybody would use a lot, but let's talk about some more that they've got available. Yeah, well, I mean, the the other one that, or the next one um, that I use a lot um, is actually um, the text action. Now, this sounds kind of crazy, um, but I found that there's uh, certain messages that I end up sending to colleagues at work again and again and again and again and again. Um, and I can use Text Expander for this, absolutely. Um, but instead, I found that it's quite nice to just have uh, a little vertical block of like the four messages that I frequently send back to people. Um, and I I just press on that and then it inserts the text. And then there's even a button at the bottom here, with, which is press enter after message. Um, and so I can type um, and I have multiple lines in this. You know, it's not as good as Text Expander, though. You could use this to trigger a Text Expander snippet. Um, but it means that I, I don't need to think what's What's the shortcut for this or anything? I seem to have a bit of a mental block recently, David, with learning keyboard shortcuts, which we'll get to in a little while because that's one of the reasons why I have so many keyboard maestro macros. Um, but uh, it just inserts the text and then it can press enter and just send it. So I can just click in the chat, read what they've said, press the keyboard maestro uh, or press the Stream Deck button, sorry, not Keyboard Maestro button, Stream Deck button, and it's, it sends back a message with, okay, thank you very much for letting me know about this. I'll take a look at it later. Or, hey, thanks for sending me a message, but please can you file a ticket in the ticket system? Here's a link. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of other sort of canned messages, um, which, you know, I use um, because it makes it easier for me. And especially this is also writing in German. Um, you know, I want to make sure that everything's spelled correctly. So I sat down once and thought about it. And now I don't think about it again, which of course, as David Allen said, you only have to think once a week if you follow GTD. I'm not quite sure that's true, but I try and reduce the amount of thinking I need to do with this. Yeah, I don't use that function. <laughs> I just use keyboard maestro. I use keyboard maestro or text that's expander. But it, it is there. And, it, you know, you could have with a 32 button 32 button stream deck, you could have a screen full of replies, you know, if you wanted and just press the button yeah. that you want. Well, I figured when I'm working, I don't really, you know, in my day job, I don't really use the stream deck for all that much, but it's, it's still sitting here on my desk. So I figured I should use it for something. So I sat aside an hour last week and just thought, okay, what can I do? Um, that's going to improve my work life. And I was like, you know what, there are these things that I always send back. Um, and I'll do that. And then I've got some other things which pop up, like all of the the IP addresses I have at work and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so I've got I've got a number of different things, actually, which are quite useful there. 
Yeah. And and if you go through this this list of actions, you'll find that there are a bunch of them you probably don't want. Um, I mean, the thing's called a stream deck, and it really started life out for people who want to stream online when they're playing video games or doing video conferences or whatever. And Elgato makes a whole bunch of hardware that supports that. Like, they have a special light that you can hang off the top of your Mac, and it'll give you a really good light on your face as you're doing video calls. And so they've got support for all that stuff built in. And um, there's a set of tools for game capture. Um, there's a set of tools for Soundboard, which is an app that a lot of people use in streaming. Um, there's also a set of tools that are just for the operation of the stream deck. And this is something that you really want to take a look at. Like one of them is create a folder. So like, let's say you have a six button stream deck, but you want to have you know, some of your favorite music playlists available, but you only have six buttons. Well, you could make a folder that has the music icon on it and you click that and it like, it, it's just like a folder. It opens up a whole new six buttons to you and you can nest these folders even. So yep. they've got an, an action to create that. Um, we're going to talk about profiles more later, but profiles are different setups for the stream deck and you can set up, there are stream deck buttons or actions to to switch between those those profiles and that's there's some real power tricks we got for you that on that in a few, a few minutes um one thing i should say though is you know as you're as you're having a look at the stream deck application which you can download and install for free you don't need a stream deck actually to look at this um and you can um look at uh the more actions on the right hand side at the bottom and if you click on the more actions then it lists a whole bunch of other plugins and these are all the ones that have been submitted and they've gone through the Elgato um, I guess approval process is the right word now you will find some of these are Windows only um, and so they they might not work um, on the Mac um, but there are there's ones there for uh, running Apple script um, and there's KM link which we'll get to and so on but you know that's where I've got the ones for Philips Hue uh, Visual Code Studio Nanoleaf um, uh, uh, Keynote and PowerPoint, uh, because I have to use PowerPoint at work. Um, so um, I downloaded the PowerPoint one. Um, and, you know, and all of these other ones, um, which is just, you know, it's it's very helpful to do that. And if you want, for example, to have a button which shows you the mail icon with a little badge and the ba badge shows you the current number of unread uh, mail messages, Elgato have made a plugin for that. And you can have that. So if you usually have your dock hidden, then you can have this in on your stream deck. Um, and it'll show you your number of current unread emails. Uh, personally, I'm a little bit scared to do that. Um, I don't. I don't yeah, feel. I that's... think that's a terrible idea for a button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I mean, when you tap on it, it shows you, you know, your inbox. Yeah. Um, so you know, it could it could be worse. Um, I am considering, you know, hacking this um, and and doing my own version with a couple of other applications. Where if I if I've got something there, like I would quite like to know the number of OmniFocus items that I have due today um uh on my omnifocus button um but uh you know i haven't done that yet so uh maybe maybe by doing this um someone will do that for me um uh, we'll see yeah and rose is right there's a ton of custom actions just to kind of round out some of the built-in ones in addition to the ones that manage your stream deck there's a whole bunch of like twitch studio and um twitter and things like that where you can run those off the stream deck one of the nice built-in ones is a timer button and i have two of those set up i have a 45 minute one and a 10 minute one and it's kind of my makeshift pomodoro and mm -hmm. if i want to like dig in on a project for 45 minutes i just press the button on the stream deck 
and then it starts counting down. You see the countdown on the stream deck and it makes a little alarm after 45 minutes. And if I want to take a 10 minute break, I do the same thing. I mean, this stuff is, it's more than just starting an app, I guess is my point. And to follow up with what Rose said on the more actions buttons, there's some great stuff here. It's some nerdy stuff, but there's some great stuff. Like one of them is since I got the M1 Mac, I've been running one that just shows me the CPU percentage, shows me how hard mm-hmm. my CPU is working. It's just a little chip on a button and it run, It just gives you a percentage. And I was like, I just did a, um, man, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, Rose. I, this is why I'm bad at marketing, uh, but I just released a free update to the Hazel field guide and hooray, you know, because Hazel came out with version five and they changed some things, but not enough things to justify charging you to buy it over again. So I made like 15 videos, about 35 minutes of content, but I rendered all that at once. And it was great watching the Elgato stream deck report to me how much CPU uses I was doing as I was burning all those videos out. So that's kind of cool. I am so jealous of that. And I'm stealing your 45 minutes and 10 minutes uh, timers for my work um, profile. Yeah that I, I have on my work machine because that's great. And uh, especially after meetings, I feel, you know, five five minutes to myself is, is reasonable. You know, get up, get a glass of water, stretch, yeah. and, uh, you know, take stock of all the things that have been thrown at you. Uh, so, yeah. I think the action that we definitely need to talk about, though, David, which we have not yet talked about, is the multi-action in Stream Deck. Okay. Because without anything else, just using the Stream Deck app, if you drag the multi-action onto it... Um, you know, onto one of your buttons, then you just add more actions into this. So say, for example, um, I I have a, a weekly meeting on Tuesday afternoons. Um, and um, for this, I need to open a Zoom link and a Google Docs link. Yeah. And so I have two website actions in that button, which uh, both open, you know, URLs, but then I press on the button once and it does both of those things for me. Uh, it does them consecutively, not simultaneously for people um, listening. Um, so, you know, if you if you need things to happen in a certain order, then you can, you, you know, they happen in order. But that's great because, you know, I press one button and two things happen or five things happen or 10 things happen sometimes. You don't need to involve any other kind of automation for this. It is as simple as dragging the number of website actions you need um, and paste in the URLs or drag in a couple of open actions and put in files or folders or uh, application links, um, you know, and it, it is easy to do. You can even press, you know, hotkeys and stuff like that, which is great. Um, you know, I, I tend I tend not to do that. Um, I've got some other methods of doing things, which we'll get to later in the show. But the multi-action for people who are just starting out and going, okay, so then I would press this button, this button, this button. Well, it's easier than typing command space, um, Safari, command space, audio hijack, uh, command space. Um, oh, what, what was that third application that I needed? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, notes or something like that. You know, you don't need to think, you don't need to do the typing, you just press, you know, you could have three buttons for that, or you could just have one button that opens all three things so uh you know that's a great way of getting started for people agreed and a few other custom ones that are of note there is one that i don't use enough but i can't help but keep on my stream deck it's an analog clock just on a button <laughs> and i i have that in the top right of my stream deck in on most of my profiles and honestly i can't remember the last time i wondered what time it was and i looked at the stream deck but there's just a part of me that doesn't have the heart to pull that one out. There's a counter. Like if you need to do a counter for something with related to your work, you can put a but put it on a button. Every time you tap the button, it counts up one. 
Uh, just, you know, there's, there's so many cool things people have done with this. And, and like Rose said, if you just take a look at the app, you'll be amazed at all the different ways people have, have gone with this, both app specific. Some people have made little games, which I, I don't get that, but you know, go forward if that's your thing. But it is quite remarkable when you get this thing out of the box, what you can do with a button and the the button the most important button we haven't talked about yet and is the the integration with keyboard maestro because yeah just like rose was talking about chaining together different um actions on the stream deck you can you know keyboard maestro is the ultimate tool for chaining actions together because you can not only say open up this window but open up this window and put it in the lower right corner you know it just you know the world is your oyster in terms of automation on the mac with Keyboard Maestro, and you can take any of your Keyboard Maestro scripts and attach them to a button. And there's two ways to do that. You want to talk through those? Yeah, well, I do, because uh, the native integration that comes with Keyboard Maestro is excellent. It really is. It's very solid. You can do an awful lot of things with it. But if you just want to get started and you're just thinking, I just want to run a Keyboard Maestro macro. I don't want to do anything fancy with it. I just want to run a Keyboard Maestro macro. I would actually advise, don't use the native Keyboard Maestro integration. Use a great plugin. It's under more actions. It's called KM Link, and it's by a lovely person who goes by the handle Corcules. That's with the C, uh, C O R C U L E S. And we can put a link to the GitHub repo um, in um, the in the show notes as well, so that you can you can get it from there, or you can get it from more actions, whichever works for you. Um, but the beauty of the KM Link plugin um, is um, when when you drag one of those actions over. Um, and, uh, I'm just going to do this right now live. Uh, so you search for KM and then you see KM link and then you can see a title and then you can select a macro. Now, depending on how many keyboard maestro macros you've got and how, you know, and how well or poorly in my case organized they are, um, you may find that you end up using the last modified macro, uh, frequently. So I often go into my keyboard maestro macros and I add a comment. Um, and then I go and I go back to KM link in the stream deck app, uh, select my macro and then, uh, you know, and then I can remove the comment in the keyboard maestro app or leave it. It's a comment. It doesn't make a difference. Um, and this is great. And it's even better if you, um, if you want to send something to keyboard maestro with it as well. So for example, if you want to send it the word calendar or the word zoom or something, um, you can do that. There's a parameter option there as well. Um, I tend not to do that. You know, you, you can, but you don't have to. Um, but this means that you can literally just run a keyboard maestro macro, and you don't need to set up a trigger in the Keyboard Maestro application. You can just do it from the Stream Deck and that's it. And it works. And it's great. It's so easy to do. Yeah, I use KM Link like 99% of the time to trigger Keyboard Maestro at this point. And one of the additional yeah. features of it is that you can move the button. You know, with the built-in Keyboard Maestro support, you need to code it to a specific button which becomes a problem. And with a lot of profiles, you can take a Keyboard Maestro KM Link script and just copy that and paste it to a different profile or move it wherever you mm -hmm. want. Um, again, you can attach custom art to each button. And the way you select the Keyboard Maestro script is you just it's just a scrolling list. And I actually have pretty good organization in Keyboard Maestro. I have folders and like um, like I have folders by context and I have folders by apps. So and the app 
and 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 the km link doesn't just give you a flat list it gives it to you group by folder so i can mm-hmm. find pretty much what i need um one of the ways i use this and we'll get into this later is in a specific app i may have a group of keyboard maestro scripts related to it and if you find a keyboard maestro script in that app grouping and then you copy and paste that then it reopens in the exact same section of your keyboard maestro list. So you don't have to start from the top every time. So that's that's mm-hmm. a little insider hack. But but yeah, yes. the ultimate action, if you're an, an automator driving a Mac, is the KM link script, which is was pretty remarkable. So back to the native keyboard maestro integration with the Stream Deck. Um, so for this... Um, you you have to set a button ID, and then that button ID is what triggers it in Keyboard Maestro. Now, they usually suggest R followed by number and C followed by number, which is row, whatever, column, whatever. But the problem with this is if you use row one, column one on profile one, say your default profile, and then you create another profile for writing, and you have row one, column one, then both of those do exactly the same thing in Keyboard Maestro. Now, if that's what you want, that's perfect. But if you're using the Keyboard Maestro integration from Keyboard Maestro back to um, Stream Deck to, say, do things like update pictures, um, then you have to consider whether or not you want to do that for both. So I'm using the native Keyboard Maestro integration very sparingly, and uh, mostly thanks to TJ Luoma, who we had on the show a while ago, and he talked about this when he was on the show. He's got a great little uh, plugin, or it's a series of macros, actually, for Keyboard Maestro, which you can download and install. Um, and you set it up and you, you specify the number um, of the button or the button ID, whatever it is. So in my in my case, that's R3C4, because that's where it used to be on my old uh, Stream Deck. And I've just dragged it into a new place now because I'm, I'm not using um, a lot of um, these buttons this way. Um, and um, that then goes through and it tells me how many calendar events I've got left in the day. Um, and it changes color. So just before I started this, I glanced at it and it was red because I had something in two minutes. Um, and uh, when I when I tapped on it, it opened up Fantastical for me. And now, because I'm recording automators, I have Fantastipal smiling back at me. Um, and so, you know, if you want to be able to change things in the stream deck from keyboard maestro you want the native keyboard maestro integration if you're just getting started or you just want to run a macro use the km link script it's very very easy and i would highly recommend that um you know both both systems are fabulous you know i'm I'm not knocking the keyboard maestro native integration here but if you just want very simple km link is your friend this episode of automators is brought to you by the intrazone I love finding a new podcast to listen to, and it's great when you learn something too. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The IntraZone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments, like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspectives, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And the topics for each show are really interesting. There's the power platform, APIs and teamwork, and of course, AI and machine learning too. I recently listened to the episode on the portal's journey, which tells you a lot of things about Microsoft, specifically how the internal company portal has changed over time, which is actually really interesting to me. I love hearing about how these things evolve. And of course, this gives us a lot of insight into SharePoint as well. 
Go ahead and listen to it now. Just search for The Intrazone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to The Intrazone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so we talked about buttons. I think another fundamental building block of a Stream Deck is the profiles, which we've been dancing around. But yeah, the idea of a profile. So as you look at your Stream Deck, there's there's six, fifteen, or thirty-two buttons staring back at you. But that's not all you have. You have different profiles, and each profile is an entirely different setup of buttons. And profiles are configured in the app under the settings button. So you can make custom ones. Like I have one for my personal life, one for Max Barkey, and one for my legal life. Um, but you can also have them triggered automatically per application. So if I open OmniFocus, a whole set of buttons show up that allow me to do OmniFocus things. Or if I open Microsoft Word, I have one that automatically shows up. And one of the tricks of figuring out a stream deck is figuring out when you want a manual profile versus an automatic one. Yep. And actually, David, this is one of the things that prompted me to upgrade to um, the newer um, or to the larger stream deck, because I was trying to do a lot of this automatic profile switching. So I had a profile for ScreenFlow and I had a profile for QuickTime. Um, And I realized that one of my problems was is... Frequently, when I'm in ScreenFlow, one of the things I need to do is switch to QuickTime and run an action. Um, And by having two separate profiles, I was dedicating one button in the ScreenFlow profile to switch to QuickTime and another one in the QuickTime profile to switch to ScreenFlow. Um, And it was just, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, cognitive dissonance, I think I'll go with there, where I was looking at it and it's like, but the button I want isn't here. Um, And... um, and uh, also, every so often, especially when I was doing the upgrade, actually, I noticed that the uh, automatic switching didn't happen. Um, so I would switch to QuickTime, and I wouldn't have my QuickTime profile on my Stream Deck. Um, and I, I, I did fix that, actually, by unlinking, uh, by not telling it was a profile, or telling it wasn't an, a, an application-specific profile, and then telling it again that it was. But um, now I have the left-hand side, uh, which is 16 buttons, is ScreenFlow, and the right-hand side, 16 buttons, is QuickTime. Now, I'm not using all 16 in either case, um, but it's just a useful uh, split for me to do that. And so I switch profiles manually with an action in Stream Deck called Switch Profile, which I've assigned some funky icons to. Yeah, so... You, exactly. You don't have to do either one. And it, it just depends on your particular use. Like if you want it to give you the tool set for the app that you're in, automatically you can. But but like Rose said, if you want to mix tools, I, I actually frankly prefer contextual profiles too. Big surprise coming from me, right? But um, like rather than have a set of tools for Microsoft Word, I have a set of tools for editing legal documents. And that includes things like Microsoft Word shortcuts. Like one of the things I do in Microsoft Word often is I put privileged comments in the red lines. Like if I'm reading a document for a client, I add a comment and it says in all caps privileged. So everybody knows not to share it with the other side. And then it does a colon and a carriage return. And, you know, that's something you could do you know, 20 times every time you read a document, or you could just program a keyboard maestro script that does all of that and then put it on a button on your stream deck. And so on the, the 
editing legal documents page, that's there. But the other, another thing I often do when I'm editing legal documents is I check the status of a company. Like if my client is going to make a contract with the, the Acme company, I want to look them up on the website to make sure that they're still in business and not suspended or anything. And again, I have a keyboard master script to do all that. And so why would I want to have a um, Microsoft Word panel only when I could have it, you know, where I can check the status of a company and add a privileged comment all without switching decks or profiles. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of this as well. And I've also found that um, automatically switching is not necessarily what I actually want. I frequently use command tab to switch through applications. And every so often I get distracted by things, uh, you know, world happens, you know, there's a van outside. Oh, is that my UPS delivery with my new M1 Mac mini? Um, you know, other exciting things like that. Um, and so, you know, and then I end up in the wrong application and then I'm in the wrong profile. And the, the thing that bugged me for quite a while is I had to dedicate a button in every single profile. Now I'm still doing this, um, but it's a lot easier on a 32 button screen stream deck than it is on a six button stream deck. Yeah. I'm sure of that. Um, was I was dedicating one button to going back to my default profile and I found I was pressing that button a lot. Yeah. And when I say a lot, I mean, that was my most frequently pressed button on my stream deck by Far, I am sure of it. Um, and I know because I added a counter into the multi-action um, so that I could find out. Um, and um, it it was, um, you know, and it was just driving me crazy that I was ending up switching profiles and I wasn't, man, you know, I wasn't automatically switching back to the right profile. Um, and so I found by creating my profiles in, in this fashion, um, you know, that that doesn't happen anymore um, because I manually switched to a profile. And so now I'm in my podcasting profile. So I pick, do I want automators, nested folders, iOS today or other, um, you know, the very creatively named for whenever I'm guesting on things. Well, I'm doing automators. Well, now I've got, you know, our Airtable link. I've got our Zoom link, Audio Hijack, you know, Finder, um, you know, Google Drive, um, the Relay FM CMS, where our ads are, Overcast for uploading things, Forecast, Libsyn, etc. Um, and then when I'm done, I can just go back to my default profile. But that's, I've chosen to go here and I know that's what I'm doing right now. Therefore, that's where I should be. Um, and and that to me was a lot easier to, to handle than... Um, it's automatically switched and I'm in the wrong profile again, which felt like it was happening a bit too much for comfort, really. Yeah. And so like I talked earlier, I have the personal Max Barkey and legal profile. That's like the home base for the three areas of my life. Those buttons mm-hmm. show up on every profile and they're in the exact same place in every profile. And then I have a fourth related button, which is a profile picker button where I got just a whole screen full of all profiles so I can just click that and go to one like the if I want to edit a, a legal document, but or make a screencast or whatever. I've made profiles for a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. In addition, those profile buttons often show up in the Max Barkey personal and legal um, profiles, so I can stay in context and, and jump through them. Um, I know that this probably sounds confusing, but I guess the point is profiles are free. Use a lot of them. Yeah. You know, just make another one if you need it. It's not not a big deal. Yeah. The other thing I would say is profiles have advantages over folders um, in that when you have a folder, a button is automatically taken up on your screen to go back up a level to where you've just come from, uh, whereas a profile doesn't. Um, but you can have your own action um, to switch back to to decks um, or to switch a profile, sorry, um, in the in the stream deck um, 
you know, application. And you can choose where to put that, you know, wherever is most convenient for you. Um, but by doing a profile, you can also have that same thing available on every page. So I was building a home automation folder. Um, and I'll come back to that in a minute on how precisely, um, you know, I'm controlling things like my lights and so on, because it's not just the Hue plugin. Um, and I realized I wanted the same thing on every page, but I'd made it as a folder. And by making it as a folder, I could copy it to all the other pages. But then if I updated it in one place, it wasn't going to be updated everywhere else. And as automators should be familiar with, you don't create more work for yourself. You create less work for yourself. And the simple way of fixing this was creating a new profile called automation, um, which specifically means home automation. So I should probably rename that, but that doesn't matter. Um, and then replacing that folder that was on all of my other profiles with just a single action, which was switch uh, profile and switch to the home profile with a little home uh, button uh, or a home icon on it um, in, in yellow because that's the home uh, color. Um, and then that opens that profile every single time. Um, and, uh, it has buttons at the bottom actually to go to my other profile so I can go back to wherever it is that I want to be, uh, from there, um, which, which works very nicely. Um, I have to say, um, but that means that, you know, I have the same set of actions available everywhere. So I don't, you know, use muscle memory to press the button in the top, right, you know, which opens the, the home thing. Um, and then, and then I press, you know, the third one on the second row or something and, oh, but that isn't, oh, right. Okay. I didn't copy it to this profile yet. Okay. So I need to do that. And then I get sidetracked and there's a rabbit hole and then, oh, squirrel. And, oh, actually, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I'll get some chocolate. And, you know, before you know it, you've lost half a day because the button wasn't where you expected it to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a, a big fan of the profiles, uh, wherever possible. Folders are like profiles, but just not quite as good. I, I did the same thing. I went down the rabbit hole. I made a folder full of music playlists that I like, and I was able to use 31 of them, you know, with a, a folder mm -hmm. on my home profile, on my personal profile. But then I realized I want to access that music from other places. And suddenly they started like the different folders that I had started to drift away from each other, you know, the different playlists, like yep. I'd update at one place and not the other. And then I realized that was madness and I just turned it into a profile. So, um, I, I would agree. The folders are great though. They're like profiles that are off the map. You don't see them, but I would yeah. only recommend yeah. them in the, in the case that you only want to use it one time and in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing inside my podcasting profile. I have folders for automators, nested folders and iOS today um, because I don't need those folders anywhere else. And it's just a useful way of segregating my actions and so on. So when I'm looking at the screen um, in podcasting, um, then I know that, you know, all of what I'm seeing is for, you know, iOS today or automators as it is actually right now at this very second. Um, and, you know, and there's a back button so I can go back to my podcasting profile. And that's always in the top left, by the way. Um, and um, which is one of the reasons why I have my stream deck on the right, because I'm right handed. Um, and so if I'm, you know, I tend to tend to go towards the right side of my stream deck. Um, so that's actually quite useful to to have that button be less automatically accessible. 
Um, but it just means that all of my podcasts um, are on one profile. So I know I'm doing podcasting and it doesn't matter what podcasting I'm doing. I just do podcasting and then it's there going, okay, what kind of podcast are you doing? It's kind of like a flowchart in, in many sense, you know, a decision tree. Yeah. Okay, so you said you're doing podcasting. What kind of podcasting are you doing? Okay, you're doing automators right now. Here are all the buttons you might need. And then here's one button, which is just going to help you get set up for everything uh, because that that is something I've been working on. Yeah, so uh, I do something similar, but if you go to the Max Sparky home profile, there are three buttons there, one with the artwork for each of my three podcasts. And if I tap any one of those buttons, it goes to an independent profile just for that podcast. So, I mean, we're doing a little different, but we're kind of accomplishing the same thing. You you know, kind of drill into what your work is. Yeah. But profiles, folders, I mean... These things really open up the world for the Stream Deck, no matter which size one you get, whether it's six buttons or 32, you actually have quite a few more buttons. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up keeping it. I'm like, oh, this is way more than I thought it was, because if you get smart about how you put it together, it's it's a lot of buttons, you know, um, that, that you can use for automation. Yes. Yes, it is. So we've got profiles, we've got setting buttons. One of the things you just mentioned, I'd like to just spend a couple minutes on, because I think this is one of the key uses for a Stream Deck, is what I call setups. And that is uh, you press one button and your computer configures itself for some type of work. Um, this is something I used to do with a palette in, in Keyboard Maestro, but this was one of the quick um, things I put on the stream deck that makes total sense. Cause as you're sitting down to your computer, getting your fingers into a special keyboard shortcut inside, you know, a working computer takes time and effort. Whereas as you're sitting down, just pressing a button on the stream deck is much easier. Yes, it absolutely is. And this is something um, I, to start with, I was experimenting with using this combined with a multi-action, David. So um, as I was um, selecting, oh, I'm doing uh, screencasting now, or I'm doing podcasting now, I would, I, I was using a multi-action in um, uh, in, screen, in Stream Deck um, to, to both trigger my setup and also switch my profile. And this seemed like a brilliant idea until I realized that Sometimes when I when I'm going to podcasting, I'm not podcasting. I'm doing podcast preparation, and I need a different series of thing uh, apps and so on for that when I'm doing that versus, um, you know, when I'm when I'm just you know doing preparation. In which case, I probably just want to open um, you know Airtable to start with, so I can find the Google Doc and go from there. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I I changed that away from being a multi action back to a single action. Well, actually, I just left it as a multi action, and I just removed my my setup button, and I created a separate setup button inside of um inside of my profiles where it says, okay, set up for automators, set up for nested folders, set up for screencasting, etc. Um, so that I could easily um, do that. Um, because, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, once you get that that set up, it, it really helps. And I'm using Keyboard Maestro for my setup, and I'm guessing you are too, David? Yeah, this is one where KM Link really pays for itself because setups is a good example of chain together actions that just really go beyond the capabilities of the built-in actions of the of the stream deck and one of the things rose said i really want to put an exclamation point on um whatever kind of work you do 
it's not just one thing you do. Like Rose was talking about podcast recording versus podcast editing or screencast recording versus screencast editing. Or if you're in sales, maybe, you know, um, preparing proposals versus preparing keynote presentations. And so think about the different areas of your life. I think a setup should be more narrow than broad. So, you know, a typical job, there may be seven or eight different setups that you use for different work tasks you do, where wouldn't it be great if you could push a button and your computer would automatically configure itself to the ideal circumstance for doing that? You know, maybe in one of them, you know, you need Keynote open and another one you need Microsoft Word or, you know, I don't know, you, you tell me. But um, not only with Keyboard Maestro can you do that, but you can open... Uh, keynote to a specific file or open safari to a specific website and just really mm-hmm. configure it exactly the way you need it and it takes a little while to do this but i just cannot emphasize the payoff that you get if you do this yeah um and the reason for me why i'm specifically using keyboard maestro versus a multi-action in stream deck to do this is um there's there's a couple of things that i do which aren't and uh, you know directly available inside of stream deck and i figured if i if i have this macro set up um then i can change this macro and i can use it on another machine if i need to you know um and keyboard maestro macros are automatically synced um anyway so you know that's all good but to start with i hide all applications so i hide everything yeah. now i did start closing all of my applications but i found that was a bit of a problem because there are some applications that don't really like closing um and then you're reopening them again 30 seconds later um for for this so i decided to go with hiding all the applications and then i go through and i open the right applications but instead of for example open safari or activate safari i don't i activate a new safari window and then I open the URLs in that. So it doesn't matter what I was doing before, you know, say, for example, you know, I was um, researching the right kind of leggings to buy from Uniqlo. Um, that was something I was doing before this show, um, as you do. Um, you know, that's in a separate Safari window, which also means that when I finish my podcast recording or my writing or um, screencasting or whatever it is, I can close one Safari window and that stuff is gone. But whatever else it is that I've got open is still around. Um, and then I also, at the end, I trigger my Moom layout. Um, and I really want to thank you for this one, David. Um, Moom is a game changer for me. I'm still using Better Touch Tool for the snapping, though I know Moom could do it. I've just got it set up in Better Touch Tool, so I'm just leaving it there. But the Moom layout where you can say, okay, so now now there are these applications, put them specifically in these places at these specific sizes is absolutely genius and has changed my workflow for the better. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful to you for that, for recommending um, that uh, recently. Well, you know, I was fighting doing this in Keyboard Maestro. And as much as I love Keyboard Maestro, setting up specific screen sizes is kind of tedious in Keyboard Maestro. It involves math, you know? <laughs> Whereas Moom, you just yeah. drag it, and then you save it as a custom size and put a custom keyboard shortcut on it. And then you can trigger that keyboard shortcut with keyboard maestro or even with just the stream deck. So, so it really makes it easy to set these up. And as, as your setups, like Rose was saying, hide all first, that's the necessary first step for these setup macros. And then you open up the windows and then you put them exactly on the screen where you want them to be using those move shortcuts. 
and you open Safari to the browser tab you want, and the you know you open Pages to the Pages document you want, and you just set everything up on your screen ideally. And you know, I I, I think I'm I'm talking about this too much, but it just delights me when I push that button. And my computer, it it just responds to me like, okay, Dave, you want to do legal research? Here is the ideal legal research screen for you. Now sit down and get to work. And it just works, you know, and, uh, and putting it on a stream deck button is like the, it's like the icing on the cake because you push the button as you're sitting in the chair. By the time you settled in your chair, your computer is just sitting there waiting for you to do exactly what you're there for. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I like about doing this in Keyboard Maestro rather than the Stream Deck application is Keyboard Maestro can can just stay open in my dock. And especially when you're going through and setting these things up, you will forget applications or you'll add something that you only use one in every five times you actually do the setup and things like that. Um, and you can easily, you know, just click on Keyboard Maestro in your dock and, and go through and fix that um, uh, and tweak things. Um, and you know, you may um, set, you know, everything up and it may seem absolutely perfect, but at some point you're, you're going to want to tweak something and change it. Um, and it's really nice if you you can do that easily. Um, and I just find that, you know, this, the Stream Deck in particular for me has made it much easier for me to remember to press these buttons because they're right there in my face. Um, and you know, and I've, I've got all of these automations and I've been using them for ages and that's fine, but I was using a lot of them less frequently than I should have been. Um, because you know, we're humans. One of our default ways to do things is the way we've always done things. So I would do command space, open this command space, open that. And then I, you know, started with stream deck and I had different buttons for things. And so instead of pressing command space and typing something, I pressed the key, the, the stream deck button to open the folder. And then I pressed this button to open that up and this button to open that up and this button to open that up. And I would skip one because, oh, I don't need audio hijack just yet. I need audio hijack in a minute. Um, and things like that. And that's just, you know, it's a little bit silly in hindsight, looking back at that going for us. Why did you do that? Uh, but the reality of it is, is I was thinking based on the way I was working and I, I needed to just take a little while and look at the opportunities for improvement. And I still have all of those buttons for the individual applications because I used them as an application switcher now. Um, so, you know, I've pressed my setup button for automators, but guess what? If I want audio hijack to pop to the front, I just press the audio hijack button and it pops to the front or, um, I've, you know, and I, I have a Safari button and a zoom button. Um, I actually have two zoom buttons, one to join the automators, uh, meeting, uh, every time we record, um, and another one to just activate zoom. Um, so that, you know, I can see and I can make sure that Zoom is recording as well and things like that. Um, and But it's amazing, you know, how much my workflow has evolved. And I'm glad that I've got the 32 buttons. So I've got a bit of, it's not white space, it's black space um, on most of my profiles because that's going to get filled pretty soon. Yeah. And, and the setups, I know every time you talk about automation, there's a part of you that's like, am I ever going to get that time back? Like at the time I put into setting this automation up, is it going to pay for itself over time? And I'll tell you that there's almost no sure bet that it will pay off than in putting these custom setups together, whether or not use a stream deck. This episode of the Automators podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN, high-speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services. Go to expressvpn.com automators and get an extra three months for free. A few decades ago, it was easy to be a private person. What's changed? Well, To begin with, the internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. 
The sad truth is that data can be crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone can be a public figure. To keep our data private when we go online, we can turn to ExpressVPN. There are hundreds of data brokers out there, and their sole business is to buy and sell data. The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address, which is used to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server, and your IP address is masked. So when you turn on ExpressVPN, you're given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify individual people and harvest data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. I'm a happy ExpressVPN customer, and I have been so for years. It's a very fast service, and it's very painless to use. So uh, you don't get any of the usually expected downsides of VPN services with ExpressVPN. It just works. So if, like me, you believe your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com automators and get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com automators. Go to expressvpn.com automators to learn more. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. So, David, we, we've been dancing around, you know, profiles and how to use them, etc. Uh, I think it's time that we actually talked about our specific profiles right now um, and how we're using them and what we're doing. Um, because, you know, there's, there's nothing better than real examples for our lovely listeners, right? You bet. You bet. And I always learn something when I hear what you're doing with your stream deck, Rose, so... I'm ready. Teach me. <laughs> well, I'm get, I'm going to start at the top, uh, and the top is my default profile. So this is the one is marked as the default in the in the Stream Deck um, application, and I have a back button which goes to this in the bottom right corner of every other profile. Um, and this is just a button I've set up. It switches to my default profile, um, and that just means that I can always come back here. And the reason why I always want to come back here is this is the one that's got links to all of my other profiles. Um, so um, um, you know, I if I, um, you know, want to switch from podcasting to screencasting or to writing or I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm finished and I just want to browse around and do things, I can do that. And I do that from, um, you know, the, the default profile. So as well as links to my other profiles here, which have got some custom icons, mostly thanks to uh, Stephen Miller's excellent scripts. So thank you there. Um, I've also got, um, uh, well, I've got the link to my home automation profile, which is on every profile, actually. Um, but I also have a, um, uh, I also have um, links to default applications. I'm calling them default applications. These are the applications that would usually live in my doc, but my doc auto hides. Um, and so this includes things um, like um, uh, OmniFocus. Um, I've got the Fantastic Pal script from TJ Luoma because that opens Fantastic Pal for me. I have Obsidian, Drafts, Messages, Deliveries, Net Newswire, things like that here. Um, and these are just applications that A, I use very, 
frequently and B, I want to be using frequently. Um, and so you'll notice Safari isn't there. Uh, that's probably because Safari is my most used application. So it's open all the time anyway. Um, but it's also because I don't necessarily want to be spending huge amounts of time in Safari. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't have that there. Um, and I'm looking for some other uh, buttons to fill this in with. Um, but at the same time, I want to be smart about how I do this. I don't just want to chuck buttons on there that I then don't use because my brain will look at it and think, oh, there's a thing. Okay. And it won't see that as a space that could be replaced. Whereas by leaving it as black space, uh, you know, my, my brain knows it can be replaced. Like I said earlier, I have whole, uh, personal Mac sparking and legal, and each one of those has a bunch of jumping off points to common things I do. Like, on my personal one, which I've actually duplicated this one also on my Max Barkey and, e and Legal, there's a process email one, which is kind of like a setup. But what it does is it puts my email application on the left side of the screen. It puts OmniFocus in the right side, top half, and Fantastical in the right side, bottom half. Because I usually find when I process email, the two things I need is my task list and my calendar. And it just, I push a button and it opens all that up. And whether I do it on the personal page or the Max Sparky page or the legal page, it opens up different emails and different calendars because with Keyboard Maestro, you can do that. So I get to, to have the screen set up for processing email based on what part of my life I'm sitting in at the moment. And that, that's the kind of stuff I like to do with the Stream Deck, you know, because I feel like that's very fast. Yeah, and I, I love that sort of thing as well. Um, another two buttons, which I've forgotten to talk about, um, I should probably set these up as a switch, but I frequently switch them on screen, so I'm not sure how well that's going to work if I do that as a switch in Stream Deck. So I've got two buttons here, which are speaker outputs, and I'm using um, a plugin by somebody called Fred Emmett. Um, and he's written two plugins, one which mutes the the input on, on your Mac, but this only works if you're using, um, like, a USB microphone or the built-in microphone, it doesn't work if, like me, you're using an XLR interface. Um, so I'm not using that, but I am using the audio switcher, which switches your audio source. Um, and this changes from either um, my my XLR interface, uh, where I have headphones plugged in, to my monitor, where I've got speakers plugged in. Um, and I have speakers plugged into the monitor because then it, it works for my my work laptop, um, as well as, you know, my, my personal Mac mini. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's great to just have that button there because then I can, you know, if I am watching a YouTube video, my Mac, which I do, um, I can say, actually, no, I, I want to listen to this on the speakers and, and press that button. Uh, because, of course, whenever I start podcasting, then the the audio input has to be set to uh, or, yes, yeah, or the audio output has to be set to my XLR interface. Nice. Yeah, I've looked at that one and I've not used it because of the XLR problem. Um I would love the ability yeah. to switch the input, but I, I guess that's an Apple thing because all the apps. No, that switching do the input is what I'm doing, so so that works really well. Um, and I've got a link to that one in the show notes for everyone. All right, I'll have to check that out. For me, it's like anytime I find myself fiddling with Windows to do something that I do more than once, that's an excuse to set up a Stream Deck button for it. I just did one over the weekend where I was paying bills and I realized, you know, every time I pay bills, I go to this one website and then I go to my email. There's like, there's like a few things I do every time I pay bills and how come I do this manually every weekend? And so I set up a button for that. I'll tell you one I'd like your advice on is, um, is zoom. So, you know, we all do a lot of zoom calls these days 
Mm-hmm. And this is one where I actually do use the auto switching on because whenever I right. seem to go into Zoom, I want to turn the camera off or on. And the way I did it, because now there's a plugin for it, which I haven't used yet, but I just went in Keyboard Maestro and I wrote Keyboard Maestro scripts for all the keyboard shortcuts in Zoom. Ah, you're using the keyboard shortcuts. So this is something I was doing with QuickTime, uh, but I found the keyboard shortcuts just weren't necessarily working super well. So instead, I switched to using the the menu approach, where you can uh, click on a specific menu item uh, with Keyboard Maestro, which works really well for me. Yeah, so I, I've done both with the Zoom. I mean, if there's a keyboard shortcut, I just use the keyboard shortcut. If there's not, there's usually a menu item. And in Keyboard Maestro, you can set a a one-action script to select an item in the menu. Yep. So I basically scripted all of the things you want to do. You know, turn the microphone off, mute the mic, turn the camera on, turn the camera off, admit all people, mute the channel. You know, the, the usual things you do when you're running or participating in a Zoom call. And because I've been experimenting lately with adding my my fancy camera on a tripod next to the, or on a pole next to the table. So I can use that. I can actually switch between cameras too with those buttons. Uh, but I did it manually. Yeah, I just wrote keyboard master scripts and I used the KM link thing like, you know, 10 times and programmed all those buttons in. But I'm starting to think, I don't know if I want that to be automatic or if I should just build that into some of my other profiles. How do you do Zoom uh, automation? Well, I think it really depends on what you want. So for me, the primary thing that I want when I am doing any kind of Zoom call is the uh, the mute button um, so I can toggle myself muted and also so I can toggle my camera on and off. Um, and the Zoom uh, plugin um, or action group that's available in, um, the, in the more action section um, is... Um, you know, it it lets you um, you know turn your your mute on and turn your mute off, and I've got these buttons in front of me, and I can't click them right now because otherwise our backup recording will get nuked, um, which would not be great. Um, well, I mean, video would be all right, but uh, we probably don't want me to mute uh, in that uh, just in case. Um, but I mean, that's what I'm using, and that for me works fine. Um, and these are just mute toggles, and there's also a share toggle. There's a focus button, um, which I've yet to experiment with. I'm just going to try pressing that right now, actually. Uh, oh, and I just activated Zoom um, and switched to it as I would expect. And then Focus Toggle will, I presume, switch back to whatever else um, I was using. So it's just like using Command Tab. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's good. Um, what I like about this is you don't, like, if people are, um, if if you're hosting a Zoom meeting, then there's a, like buttons for mute all participants or ask everybody to unmute um, and things like that. And also for leaving the meeting, though, pro tip, you can also just do that with command W. Um, and uh, if you if you leave the meeting um, or want to end the meeting, that that works, too. Um, so, you know, that, that that's another way of doing it. But the, the beauty of this is people won't need to set up their own keyboard maestro macros um, and things like that. And if something changes, then the person behind this plugin is going to go ahead and do it. And of course, this has got icons automatically associated with it. Whereas if you do everything with the KM link plugin, you're going to want to change each of those icons because otherwise you're going to have a row or multiple rows of the same icon and you won't necessarily know uh, which one that is unless you put titles on them. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's good advice. But Zoom, Zoom is definitely one where this comes in handy because let's say suddenly the camera is on and you don't want it to be on. Are you going to 
muscle your way through the menu system or are you going to immediately remember the keyboard shortcut or are you just going to tap a button? I mean, realistically, uh, I have a physical cover over my camera, not because I'm afraid of nefarious people activating it, but because this way I know that people can't see me, yeah. um, even if I do something stupid and press the button. And m- honestly, if I'm if I'm in a panic, I'm probably not going to look at my stream deck and go, OK, this is the toggle video button. I will just activate zoom and click the the video button in the bottom um because that is always there um to start and stop video unless you don't have a camera attached in which case it's still there it's just grayed out um so you're fine anyway um but yeah i i mean i have experimented with adding um some of these um buttons to um individual profiles um that are created for certain um uses so for example um i at that the meeting that i do every tuesday uh, afternoon um where i start by opening um the the zoom link and the google docs link i then activate a profile and this profile has very few buttons in it it has a button for the google doc um and then a button from uh to activate safari so if i'm if safari is not activated i can just switch back to that if it is open um it's got a button for zoom um and then it's got um uh the toggle video button the toggle mute button and the ask all to unmute button uh because that's you know something that i occasionally need to do i need to ask other people to unmute um but you know most of that profile is empty but then when i'm done i go back to my main profile and that's it and i'm finished and it helps me stay on task because the other buttons which could be enticing just aren't there for me yeah you know what that's that's the answer to my question what i need to do is i just need to make profiles for different kinds of meetings like the i have a mastermind group i'm in and i could have a profile for that which gets me to the key documents and whatnot I could have a profile for like a client Zoom call and it would have it would open the drafts template that gets me to the client notes. And yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do is just make um, some more. You know, the answer is always more profiles, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, profiles, I mean, as we said before, they're free. Um, the KM link plugin is free. Uh, you know, the only thing that you would need to buy is either the physical stream deck, which I will admit is is not free, um, uh, or, you know, the subscription, which is at $1.99 a month uh, on your iPhone um, to do that. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't work on the iPad. The iPad doesn't give you a 32-button stream deck, David. I think Elgato are missing a trick there. Yeah. But something you said about drafts um, leads me to something I mentioned earlier, which is my home automation profile. So tell me um, some of your favorite profiles that we haven't mentioned today. Well, I mean, I've talked about um, my my podcasting profile, but I haven't really talked about my my screencasting profile. And one of the things I've done here is I've I filled keep on my stream macros, which just do the little things that I I frequently do for myself. Um, so, for example, um, there when I'm editing a screenflow um, for Screencast Online, I frequently um, leave notes to myself. And then I go back, um, and these notes are chapter markers um, for for anybody familiar. And then I go back, and I just add done to it when I'm done. And then I go through and I review my list of chapter markers, and then I I delete the ones that that I don't need to send off uh, because you know them having a whole list of you know rows. Uh, you need to re-record this section, um, which are notes to myself does not make sense for them at all. Um, so um, I. I have a button which, um, so I just double click on the chapter marker in ScreenFlow and then I have 
two buttons actually um, on my on my um, my ScreenFlow deck for this. I have one that says done and one that says okay. And what this does is it just presses command and the left button. It pastes done space dash space or okay space dash space and it hits enter. But this means it's always spelt the same because it would be amazing. I would look at a ScreenFlow at the end of doing my editing and it would be done spelled in about 16 different ways. Um, you know, D-N-O-E and different capitalizations, the whole works. And this way it's just consistent and I can just scan down and anything that's not got that hyphen in front of it um, or that, you know, those four characters in the hyphen, and then I just know, okay, that do I need to look at this? No, it's a chapter marker. That one's good. Okay, that one stays. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, uh, you know, that's one of the things I've done. And similarly for QuickTime, um, to start new audio and video recordings, and this is mostly the new video new movies um that's how i record my iphone or my ipad um because you get much better resolution i'm using the the menu action from keyboard maestro but then i have another button below it which says start recording and what this does is it uh clicks the recording button in QuickTime as it knows what that looks like. So it, it, it looks for that and then it activates Audio Hijack and it clicks the recording button there. Um, and um, this means that I get two recordings at the same time because I realized at one point I've recorded everything in, in, in QuickTime and I'd forgotten to press the button in Audio Hijack or vice versa. And I always record a backup of my audio. Perhaps it's a weird paranoia thing. The, the audio that comes out of Audio Hijack tends to be better um, in my case. Um, but, you know, I've sometimes had it where I've got the audio and I don't have the video or I've got the video and I don't have the audio. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a pain when that happens. And so this way, you know, I've got buttons that just do things for me. And this genuinely does make my life easier because I have a button and it's red and it just, you know, it's a little red dot and it's just the recording dot and I just press it and it starts my recording and that's easy. Yeah, like uh, the screencasting, the application ScreenFlow is, is a remarkable app, but for some reason they have a lot of sh- keyboard shortcuts that tie your fingers in knots and even like ripple delete and some of them always feel to me very awkward to try and get my fingers around all of them, especially when I'm in the middle of recording. So all of those weird, even start and stop recording, I've, I've added buttons to screencasting my screencasting profile. And I do all of that just on the stream deck and I just press a button and it seems like it's just so much easier to do it that way. And, And I would recommend that frankly, if you have any app in your life, that has a bunch of shortcuts that you wish you'd use, but it's hard to remember them. Um, you can always make a profile on a stream deck and just program all those shortcuts into the buttons. And it just makes it really easy. Yep. And not only does that make it easy for you, if there's someone in your life who doesn't, you know, really, it doesn't nerd out on computers. It's really handy too. Like my wife does a lot of zoom calls as well. And she often does them at yep. my computer and she loves the stream deck. You know, she loves that she can turn the camera off and on with a very easily recognizable button on the stream deck. Because if you asked her to learn the keyboard shortcut to turn the camera off and on, she would just laugh at you. You know, she's not going to do that. Um, so I, I do feel like that's a whole category of use for stream deck is like app shortcuts. Although I would call it app yeah. shortcuts plus because you you can only not just do the... Um, the keyboard shortcuts, but you could run it through a keyboard maestro script and do way more. Like you could say, open this specific window and put it right here. Like with the, with OmniFocus, I often turn off the inspector window, but I can automate that through a keyboard maestro script, or I can just put a short, a, a stream deck button 
and I have one with an arrow pointing right, which is where the inspector is. If I tap that, the inspector disappears. And I know there's a shortcut for it, but I never can seem to remember it. So now I've just put a button on it. Yep, that that I think is is the thing. It's much easier to do. Um, and one of the things I found, David, maybe you can give me some advice with this, is that ScreenFlow loves to um, hijack keyboard shortcuts. And I have changed and removed the keyboard shortcut for ScreenFlow for starting a screen recording about 80,000 times now, it feels like. It hasn't been that many, but whenever ScreenFlow is open and then I try to do quick capture and drafts, which is Command-Shift-2, ScreenFlow says, try to start recording failed to start recording because your device was not connected or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, that's fine because I didn't want ScreenFlow. I wanted drafts. So I've ended up actually changing the keyboard shortcut for drafts and then I've got a hotkey on my on my stream deck and I've got a hotkey on my keyboard, both of which open the quick capture and drafts for me. Um, but I don't know what it is about ScreenFlow, but it does not like me changing the keyboard shortcuts in it for whatever reason, especially if you want to leave it blank. Then it gets very unhappy and it just resets it. That's so funny. We've never talked about this, but I could never get it to stick either. So I ultimately rewrote the shortcut for drafts because that, that stuck. Yeah, and same. then I also did give it a button. So there you go. I guess maybe we we both need to file a report with Telestream that that's broken. <laughs> I thought I was doing something wrong. I just want them to work on nothing but getting the waveforms to you know reliably render. And then, then I'll think about other things once they fix that. Um. Other good uses yep. for for specific profiles, like it just depends on you know whatever it is you do. If you work in spreadsheets, make a profile for spreadsheets. If you write documents, make it for that. Um, but the, I think the key thing here is just to remember that you know putting that custom list of buttons together for each context of your work will make you work faster. And it also I think really helps you stay focused. Like it's much harder to go get lost in an email. A hole or a safari tab hole when your computer keeps putting itself together exactly how you need it to get your work done yep and i think i think that's the thing you know by doing this i'm you know i've struggled a little bit with my concentration during the pandemic um especially in certain meetings at work which are generally unrelated to me but this way by having a meeting button you know i fixed that you know everything else gets hidden or closed in some cases you know i just straight up close applications which i know will will distract me um, and, um, you know, and, and this means that then I've got just the things in front of me that I need. And then when that's done, I press the button and I say, okay, what am I doing now? You know, I pop it up in my calendar and, and check and then I go, okay, well, you know, I've got three hours so I can go back to programming. That's, that's a good amount of time. Or I've got 45 minutes. Let's hop into the ticket system and do some troubleshooting. And, you know, the switching to those contacts and just having those applications open and, you know, reopening my mail application um, and things like that automatically as well, or quitting my mail application, depending on what it is. It, you know, it does make a big difference. Um, and you, you might not think that, um, to start with, but, um, it, it, for me, it certainly has. Um, and at the very least, you know, making sure that you've got all the right applications open prevents you from fumbling around at the last minute going, oh shoot, I don't have Zoom open or something like that. Okay. I want to talk about home automation with it, but, uh, we're going to take an ad break before that. But before we do that, my last profile I want to share in this vein is my audio profile where it is a bunch of my favorite uh, music playlists and the thunderstorm sounds and the other stuff I want for white noise. And I've got that all in one profile. I use it all day long. I just love going to that and pressing the button with the cover of a Miles Davis album on it and then hearing Miles come through my speakers. I love it. That is great, David. I'm really pleased that you've got that. 
Uh, I'm not doing that because most of the time I am playing from my iPhone to all of the AirPlay speakers uh, because I live on my own. So that means that my speakers are mine and I just have the same music playing everywhere. And uh, I'm looking forward actually to my Sonos Roma arriving. Uh, It should arrive hopefully just before this episode releases, but we're recording a little bit in advance here um, so that I can also have music in the bathroom. Um, So uh, that'll be good. This episode of Automators is brought to you by DevonThink, the flagship product from Devon Technologies. DevonThink is the most professional document and information management application for the Mac. It's the one place for storing all your documents, snippets, or bookmarks, and working with them. The integrated AI assists you with filing and searching, while the extensive search language with advanced Boolean search operators means you'll never lose anything again. DevonThink features a flexible sync system that supports many cloud services, or lets you synchronize over the local network too, with everything securely encrypted. This gives you the choice for however syncing works best for you. It has smart rules and flexible reminders that let you automate all parts of your workflow and delegate boring, repeating tasks. Let DevonThink automatically organize your data with the rules you define. DevonThink's AppleScript dictionary is one of the largest on the Mac. There's no part of DevonThink that can't be automated. Extend DevonThink's functionality with your own commands by adding them to its scripts menu. Even templates can have scripts inside, and you can set up new documents with data from placeholders or inserted by your own AppleScript code. And of course, there's so much more, from an iOS companion app to email archiving, scanning, or even an embedded web server for sharing your data securely with your team. I love the fact that I can just throw things at DevonThink, and really, it's like magic happens. And Honestly, when I haven't set up my rules and I haven't set up things, I don't need to worry because I will be able to find that document again. Anybody who needs to manage lots of documents of loads of different types and make notes on them should take a look at DevonThink. I love it because I can literally throw anything in it. And because it's using my Dropbox, in my case, it could use iCloud for you. I don't need to worry about running out of storage space or paying for an extra subscription. I'm just using what I've got. You can get an extra 10% off DevonThink or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash automators. That's devontechnologies.com slash automators for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So as we were prepping for the show, Rose says, hey, have you checked out these automation tools, these home automation tools with Stream Deck? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't really have that many Hue lights. And, you know, their they're built-in automations are all Hue geared, so I can't really use it that much. And then Rose told me about something amazing. Rose, share this amazing news with all of us. Well, full credit has to come from the lovely folks in the Automators forums. And of course, am I going to remember the name of the person who told me about this application now? Uh, No, I'm just having a quick look, though, to see if I can find this person. No. But either way, there's a great app called Home Control for the Mac. Um, And Home Control for the Mac, uh, sorry, it was rich um, in in the forums. I've just found it. And um, so basically, Home Control for the Mac is an alternative to the home application. Um, And it it pretty much lives in my menu bar. It's just a little home with a lightning bolt on it. And I've done some customizations, so I don't have everything show up. Um, So I don't have scenes show up because most of my scenes are are generated. And frankly, I don't trigger them when I'm sitting at this Mac. Um, And I've hidden, um, you know, I've I've got some weird rooms, which aren't really rooms. Like television is a room for me because it's got a bunch of sensors and my storage cupboard and things like that. It's just basically all sensors. But the beauty of home control is not just the menu bar application side of things. 
The beauty of home control is in the preferences pane, where there's this little button that says automation. And to start with, you go, oh, interesting. And to start, and then you see authentication token, copy and regenerate, that's fine. And then if you scroll down, you see documentation, and it's using X callback URLs. Now, for people who uh, were listening at the top of the show, they'll remember there's a website action and the website application opens a URL. Well, it doesn't have to open a web URL. It can open an X callback URL. So, for example, it could open a specific workspace in drafts, which is one of the things I do in my writing profile. But that means it can open the home control app and run an action with it. And by doing this, I can uh, run all sorts of things. So I now have a home profile. And some of these things I am using the hue triggers for because I already had that set up and that was fine. But for things like the lights that sit on my desk, which usually just provide uh, lighting so I can see things on my desk if it's a little bit dark, and my lava lamp that lives on my desk, those are done with IKEA trad-free smart plugs. Um, And so I can't just do that using the Hue app or whatever, because that's all through the IKEA hub. And maybe somebody's written an IKEA plugin for the Stream Deck and I haven't found it yet. That's entirely possible, probably probable. Um, But, you know, I haven't found it. But home control means that I can do all of that and I can do that locally. Um, And that, you know, speeds things up just a little bit. Um, because, of course, if you have to send a command to the Hue servers and then the Hue servers have to send that to your Hue hub and then your Hue hub has to send that to your light bulbs, that's going to take longer than your Mac going to your Apple TV or HomePod or HomePod Mini and going, hey, lights turn on, which, you know, communicates with the hub. Um, but because it's all on a local network, it's just much faster. Um, and so you can do you can run actions and then you can you've got an action type which you trigger, which can be a scene or switching a device status or changing a device property. You can even switch between homes. So if you've got a laptop and you go different to different homes or, you know, your office has also got a home kit set up, then you can switch homes there as well. Um, and then you you set, you know, the 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 item name um, of what it is and um, and the properties of that, etc. And of course, you include your authentication token every time. So you can't just trigger this um, and, you know, somebody else can copy it and they can now also control the lights in your home, um, you know, because it's it's working on your Mac. And this is great. So I've now got buttons. I can open and close my curtains, David, from my Stream Deck. That's amazing to me. Yeah. So you told me about it and I went and checked it out and I installed the app. I think it was $7 to buy the app. And I got the URL uh, for, there's a little pond outside my, my window where I work. And there's a pump in there that has a little waterfall. It's not like super fancy, but I like the sound of the water. And so I set that up and put a, a button on my stream deck and then I pressed the button and then I heard water and it's like, Oh, this is changes everything. <laughs> so everything, yep. all my, you know, all my Lutron switches, all the, anything that's addressable on HomeKit, I can now put a button on my stream deck. I also tested it on my front door lock. I can unlock my door with my stream deck. <laughs> that is great. Uh, I love that. Uh, one uh, or a couple of pro tips that I'm going to give people if you get this app. It is $6.99 in the App Store, uh, so it's not free. And, and there's a companion app for, for iOS called HomeBot. I haven't played with that yet. Um, but they do say HomeBot will be available on macOS as soon as Shortcuts is available. So clearly they're expecting Shortcuts to come to the Mac, David. And uh, they're, they're not the only ones. Uh, but what I would say is um, I would toggle off 
showing sensors, showing homes, and showing scenes. Showing homes definitely toggle off if you have a desktop that you are not taking to another home uh, because it doesn't make sense. Um, and um, I am still experimenting with whether or not I want smart groups uh, to appear. Um, smart groups are logical, yes, um, but uh, not necessarily what I want. Um, but also underneath this in the preferences pane, you can also customize items. So you can go through and you can hide things or you can even say that things should appear in a sub menu, um, which then, you know, files them out to a submenu um as as you might expect and so that that just shortens at least if you've got a, a long list of home automation devices like i do that shortens the list of things that appears in the menu bar uh, so if you're not doing it in an automated fashion you can now i would definitely recommend going through and setting up uh scenes if you're going to control devices regularly to and in the same way but you don't have to have scenes showing in your menu bar to be able to run it from a uh, x callback url so you you've got you know the best of both worlds really if you just want to say oh you know realistically i probably only want to toggle off my on and off my studio lights and my, my lava lamp from the menu bar so you can hide everything else that was a long session of ticking to get to that david i have to say um and, uh, and you know, I've hidden my sensors and so on because I, I don't necessarily need to see those on my Mac. Um, but then uh, I have everything else and uh, that is great. And I'm very pleased with that, I have to say. So very big thanks to Rich and the other uh, people who've also recommended Home Control to me uh, recently because uh, it is a great application that is well worth using, at the very least, just on your Mac if you want better home control uh but if you want automation as well it's even better yeah so the way i implemented it was the lights around my studio desk are are there's several those buttons appear in several different um profiles because mm -hmm. you never know when i'm going to want to turn them on but i also created a separate profile that has like basically all the lights in the house except you know the ones in my kids rooms and my wife's bedside light i don't need to control those but the stuff that I would want to control has got a separate profile and, and there's a single button that points to that and I can yeah. make that appear wherever I want it. But yeah, you just turned me on to this rose and I immediately like grokked it and it's very easy. All you do is run a website. Um, you don't even use keyboard maestro. Um, you just run yeah. the website action and just drop in the URL and you're good to go and it toggles by default. So if the light's on, it'll turn it off and the light's off, it'll turn it on. Uh, and you can do things like get fancy with dimmers and colors and so on. I have to say that's a little bit tricky to to do via URL. It's going to be a lot of trial and error, which is why personally I'd recommend creating scenes for things like that in the home app, um, and then um, you know, and then when and then you can change it easily um, in the home app. You know, if you find every time I activate these lights, okay, the pink is lovely, but realistically, I actually need the light strip to be white um, and 100% and brightness to just make sure that I'm not really sitting in the dark, or at least doesn't look like I'm sitting in the dark. Um, so uh, yeah, so you can do that. But uh, this app is great um and it works so well with the stream deck as well i have an entire profile david um for for automations uh, in my office so i can open and close the blind i can open and close uh the curtains i can turn on each individual light um and um, of course then when they're on i can turn them off um and uh i can even turn off my 3d printer um which is something we'll have to talk about in a future show so do you have any complaints with the stream deck uh well i mean i've got some 
pet peeves when it comes to the software, I have to say. Uh, the hardware is 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 great. Uh, it works well for me. Um, I would like it if maybe um, on all of them you could have an adjustable um, uh, frame at the back. So be, I, I've got mine, like I've just got it sitting on uh, a little uh, pencil at the front that I don't use just to raise it up a little bit more. I, I just like it at a slightly higher angle. Maybe it's because I'm quite tall. Um, but yeah, with the app, I really wish you could do things like cut and paste or copy and paste icons um, from one action to another, um, which you can't do. And you can't copy an app icon. So if I'm in Finder and I go to the applications folder and I, I find something like Zoom and then I do command I on the Zoom application, you can copy the actual app icon. And if you open it in something like preview, then you can you can paste or create a new one from your clipboard and you can paste this into pages or whatever. You know, you've got plenty of choices and, you know, you can export it to a PNG um, and things like that. But you can't copy the app icon from Finder's info pane and paste it in Stream Deck. And I really, really wish you could. Um, similarly, I wish I could open two Stream Deck, uh, you know, instances side by side so I can move things from one profile to another profile um, or copy things from one folder to another if I want to copy multiple things. Like when I was tweaking things from folders to profiles, this was definitely a pain point for me. Yeah, You think it only happens once, but then you you, mm. you work yourself into a corner again and again. That's just what happens, unfortunately. Um, and so it'd be great if you could do that. Um, but, you know, overall, I'm, I'm pretty darn happy with it. And I'm glad I upgraded to the big one. Yeah, I mean, the problems you describe are a result of the software not really being Mac specific. And um, yeah. And I don't think those are ever going to get fixed. But like even like a little dock where I could store icon, like store action buttons so I could change between profiles and copy them. It's just not easy to do that. Another thing that's a pet peeve is, at least with me, it never remembers the last place I went to get artwork. Like we have our Magic Dropbox folder that we've shared. And it never remembers that. It always wants to go to the desktop or some other place. And then I have to navigate around folders just to get to my my um, artwork kind of treasure chest and you know all these little like you know little pin pricks of pain the other pet peeve i have which is not stream deck's fault um but it is toggle's fault i want a whole list of toggler timers i want to start off and people have tried i know you even took a stab at it at once and there's really no good consistent way to trigger toggle timers you know um the toggle app doesn't make it easy to have like just a magic URL you can insert. It'll start a timer. So that doesn't work. If you try to do like UI scripting, it's never consistent. Yeah. Uh, there, there is some hope. I think it's public knowledge. The timer guy is working on a Mac version and hopefully he'll come Yeah, up. He put it on Twitter. So we're not the only people that know about it, yeah, David. <laughs> good. So, and he, um, and I've been emailing him, and I said, even just like a menu item where I could choose between my save timers would be enough for me to do this with, with a Keyboard Maestro script. And as, as it currently works, you can do up to 10 save timers that way, but I want I have more than 10. I just want a way to be able to automate triggering any toggle timer without having to do anything like I can on my iPhone, my iPad. And, and that's not there yet, but I feel like that would be perfect for a Stream Deck if it was possible. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get that. In the meantime, I have had some success uh, through our Keyboard Maestro and running sort of shell scripts with curl to to talk directly to the toggle API. If that sounds horribly complicated to you, then guess what my experience with creating this was? 
not fun. Um, the other thing that I've done, which uh, I, I'm not sure I can recommend it necessarily, um, is I have a little uh, iPod Touch here running the Pushcart Automation Server. I have done uh, the get URL with the checkbox on the website command, so it just does it in the background, to uh, ping the Pushcart server um, to run a start timer action. Um this works uh, as part of a multi-action, um, but you don't have any of that data then available on the Mac, which is a real shame. So, uh, yeah, have to wait and see what happens there. And hopefully uh, when Timery for Mac comes, you know, Joe, Joe will see how successful it is because I'm sure it will be. Um, and then uh, he'll have some time um, and, of course, motivation from our lovely listeners to uh, to add a few more automation options. Or maybe this summer, David... I mean, they they announced WWDC. Maybe we'll just get shortcuts for the Mac. Boy, wouldn't that be great? That'd be good. That would be great. Oh yeah. Um, the uh, and don't write me about the toggle plugin. The, there's an existing toggle plugin for the Stream Deck, but yep. uh, I've already I I'm in that GitHub and I've let them know it, it's just not adequate. I mean, you can't apply. It tags. doesn't support tags. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and it just there it needs to be better than that and it's just not there yet so hopefully they'll get there and i know that that team is also aware of this request so one way or another we're going to get there and when that happens guess what you'll have a profile of toggle timers so good yep good for us yep fingers crossed we will either way uh we just spent an hour and a half talking about the stream deck i hope that you enjoyed it and i hope that maybe you're motivated to even give one a try because it's uh it really is a game changer. I, I feel like the, and I know I keep banging on this, but the setup automation and having that on buttons is going to save you so much time that the Stream Deck will pay for itself. And um, I I swear I'm not making a commission on Stream Deck and Elgato and I have mm-hmm. never talked, but it's just a great thing. It's just a, a little device that, that really helps. And I think it's very automator friendly. If you listen to automators, this is something you probably want to play with. Yes, yes. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I'm on a Windows machine, because I know a lot of people in the Relay FM Discord are very interested in this episode, um, and, and they are Windows users, it, you know, everything we've talked about, uh, aside from the keyboard manager stuff, does work on Windows, and there there are alternatives for that. So Auto Hotkey and similar can do a lot of things. So uh, yeah, make sure that you uh, try everything out, because you, you will hopefully be very pleasantly surprised. Well, that about does it for the Stream Deck at this point on the Automators. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again in the future as things develop. In the meantime, we want to thank our sponsors. That's the folks at Privacy, Microsoft, ExpressVPN, and DevonThink. And we'll see you in a few weeks. Goodbye, everyone.